Hey guys, before we get started, just want to let you know that the Cash and Clarity Workshop enrollment is open. Uh, it's a one-day seminar with me on October 18th. Go ahead and click the link in the show notes for more info. Let's get rolling. This is the Fitness Business University podcast. This is Tom Langton. I'm here with Vince Gabriel. Vince, good afternoon. What's up, Tom? Not much. We're, I, have, I have a question for you. We, there, there's a question that we get a lot from, from gym owners, and it's, when, when they ask for help, when do you hire help? I think that's a struggle that a lot of gym owners and fitness people have out there is asking for help, right? So and we deal with these guys and girls all the time that are kind of solopreneurs and they're afraid to hire new people. Is that, is that a common thing that you see when you're talking to gym owners? Definitely. I mean, that's like, because here's the thing. It's like, it's hiring someone is like the first sign that you're not just a trainer anymore, right? All of this happened where most of us, myself, uh, most of the people listening to this were personal trainers, right? We worked for another gym, we worked for ourselves, and the moment you actually have to bring someone onto your team and potentially lead them and manage them is like where you step into this whole new door of shifting from personal trainer to gym owner. And so like with anything new, there's always a ton of fear uh, behind that. And a lot of people don't know, should I hire my first, should my first person be an admin? Should my first person be a trainer? And I used to definitively say admin and don't necessarily agree with that anymore. Um, I really think it depends on the situation. But the reality is, yes, because the reason why there's fear behind bringing on someone new is that first sign that you're this is something bigger than just training people, and uh, you have to have a skill to do that uh, that you really don't have. Which and is so, which is lead, saying leadership or being well, a business owner. Well, there's 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 several skills, right? There's several skills. So the first one is your skill in recruiting. Right? Where do you find this person? Second is your skill in hiring. How do you make the decision to actually bring this person on? Then it's management of that person. What actually are you telling them? I'll tell you, some of the biggest, this is a great one, some of the biggest frustrations I get from gym owners are, hey, I just hired this admin. I have no freaking idea what to tell them what to do. Right. It, 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 it's it's so crazy, but it's true. Like I had the same thing. I hired an my first admin, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Just sit up there or something. Um, but but that's management, right? So that's a skill that we have to learn. And then after that, it becomes you know leadership. You have to lead them, and you have to influence them. You have to ask them about their personal life and all stuff like that. Um, but but those are I just listed recruiting, hiring, management, and leadership. To bring in one new person, you need, you know, and it's not like you need to become an expert in those four things before you make that decision. You know, a lot of us just learn on the fly, but that is why there's a lot of fear behind it. All right, let me ask you a question that just popped in my head. Now, today's topic, we're going to talk about mistakes people make when hiring. Right. Big head. But people, people hire trainers. But do I need, if I'm listening to this and I have my own business and I'm a trainer, do I need to hire somebody? Do you have to hire, like, have you, have you experienced anybody in this industry that doesn't have employees that's really successful? Do, do, do you know what I mean? Because I think like sometimes we get caught up in this, you have to do this, you have to do that. So is there people out there listening? Is this something you have to do if you want to grow the business or have you seen people do that? I have, 
Yeah, you say, I, you say that I very have, skeptically. I, okay. I certainly have. Okay. The reality is, um, well, I, I've, I think I said this on a more recent podcast, is that when, and if that is, so if that is what somebody wants, that that's what they should go do, right? If, yep. if someone does want to have, and I think sometimes as gym owners, we hear about the online guys that don't have any staff that are making a million bucks right. a no, year. No overhead. No overhead. And that's okay. just not the industry you're in, right? You do have overhead. You have a gym to pay for. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, you are, if you were the only person doing the training, you essentially are trading time for dollars, which means you're a highly paid employee. Gotcha. That's, 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 and that's fine. Right. And that's, and I'm not here to tell someone, um, what to do, but essentially my job is to help people build the business. That's going to give them the life that they want. And I don't know many people that came to me and said, Hey Vince, I want to work 15 hours a day in the gym and train people for 15 hours a day. Right. Not many people are asking me about that. And the people that I have seen do that, um, there's, those are the ones that miss their kids' games. Those are the ones that, you know, are start probably getting health problems because they're burnt out. So, again, I'm not telling anyone what to do, but in reality, if you want to become a business, um, you're going to have to step into the uncertainty of, lose, of learning skills that you may have never been taught before. Or else you're going to find yourself training every person. That makes sense. So let's talk about that skill. So today we're going to talk about the actual finding. Or how do we find good people? Because I think this is where we struggle. And you talk about the fear that people have. But we hear a lot of, a lot of the gym owners talk say, I can't find anybody good. Or there's no one out there. I don't have good connections or blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of excuses and a lot of stories that we hear from. So, so let's dive into it a little bit. You have, what, three things that you want to focus on today? I have, I have three mistakes okay. gym owners make when hiring a trainer. What's the first mistake you see? So oh, well, let me start with this. So the first mistake is looking for highly qualified trainers. Hold on, hold on. You're going to tell a story, but so you're looking for a trainer. That is the first mistake. But you're looking for a trainer. So you're telling gym owners out there that they're looking to hire their first trainer to not look for a highly qualified trainer. So... I was, I was on the phone with a, a gym owner recently and he was having trouble hiring. And he said to me, he's like, I'm just having trouble finding highly qualified trainers. Right. We, we, we struggle with that too. We do at, at Gabriel Fitness. I can't, it's hard for me to find highly qualified trainers. Right. And I don't want highly qualified trainers. I don't know. Okay. But I, the reality is, the, here's the reality. If you're looking for the high, most highest qualified trainers, that is going to come with a, a price. And usually those people uh, want to be paid lots of money. Usually highly qualified trainers, they have their own philosophy. Right? And, you know, what happens, what would happen if the McDonald's brothers that opened up McDonald's, you know, if they hired a, a chef and all of a sudden the chef just wanted to cook, you know, flame broil the burgers instead of cooking them on the flat grill. Right? Like, what if they just did that? And then all of a sudden, they, the next guy comes in and they start doing things the way they started, you know, using canola oil instead of vegetable oil for the fries. 
And then they brought another guy in and they says, oh, like we should start, you know, doing delivery and not using the drive-thrus as much. You know what I'm saying? So it's yes. all of a sudden it becomes, you bring all these cooks into this kitchen and then all of a sudden you have a crappy meal because no one's following a, a, a system. And so why I don't look for highly qualified trainers is because I, I don't want, um, and there's a difference between qualified and educated. All right. So you're, so I did, you don't want to, but. So you're telling me to hire someone who's not qualified for the job. Potentially. So we're talking about the, we're talking about the mistake. What's the solution? The so, solution is to hire an unqualified person. So you basically what do you want to look for? And 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 here's the deal with this. This ain't rocket science. What's not rocket science? Hiring? Personal training. Oh, you're saying the, the job that you're hiring. Yeah. For. That's true. Right? Yeah. This ain't doctor stuff, right? We're we're not dealing with life and death situations here. Um, we need people to come in and feel good and move and it ain't rocket science. And, and here's the thing. There's two washed up football meatheads on this podcast, you know, that became pretty damn good trainers. It's true. Right? Yes. Right? Your, your personality as a personal trainer and your ability to deal with people it way overpowers what you know. In, in, in most settings, there are some settings where if you're doing corrective exercise or working with very injured people or things like that, high-performance situations where you might want to – something like exos or if you have a high-level sure. place, you might yeah. – but for the general population. If you're working with adults from 40 to 60 yeah. that I know most of the people listening to this probably work with that are looking to lose weight, gain energy, live a more active life. You don't need to be the highest qualified trainer and know everything. And the reality is, um, I'm assuming that you, the owner, are a highly qualified trainer. Right. Right? I am assuming that you, listening to this, that's the owner of your business, are good at what you do. And if you are good at what you do, your job is to teach the people you hire to be good at what they do. So that's, that's essentially the, the secret sauce, right? Because if, if you, one, it's like you're just, if you hire really, really qualified people that want lots of money, that, that alphabet soup next to their name and all these degrees, you're never going to have enough money for yourself. Yeah. Okay. And if you want to hire those people, get ready for a lot of, well, I don't really want to do it like that, or I don't do it like this. And then all of a sudden there's a lot of, you know, well, he told me to do this. And now you're saying do this, and that's the worst thing for a business. The absolute worst thing. We'll call it pass the buck, right? Pass the buck. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and so what you want to look for is first thing you need is you need people that, that will live your core values. And we've done podcasts on core values before, so um, I am not going to get into that too much. But core values essentially very quickly are the attitudes and behaviors of the people on your team. And whoever you hire needs to match those values. You need to have, they need to be a core value fit uh, for the company. And a lot of times, people that think they know everything probably aren't good quality core value fits. So that, that's number one, is making sure that they are a core value fit. Um, I really look at, and I look at you, right? And I look at you and I look at the success you've had here. And people love you because they want to spend an hour with you. 
They look forward, they're driving to the gym and they're thinking, oh, I got Tom, Tom's teaching fat blast today. And there's this excitement that they have to come see you. I look at that as one of the most important skills a personal trainer could have. Do your clients want to spend an hour with that person? Right. And there because there's, there's a lot of really smart trainers that, by that the way, just boring as yeah. hell and just whatever. And, you know, the reality is, especially if someone's going to come to, we've had clients come to us three times a week for 10 years. Right. No, you don't do that based on what somebody knows. Like you do that based on a relationship. So I look at what is, do people, do you have the ability to build good relationships? Do you have the ability to get people to want to spend an hour with you? Um, do Are you nice? Are you a good person? Like all those you know, should kind of go within your values. But those are the things you're looking for when you want to find a trainer, the rest of the stuff, and again, if they can come with a base of knowledge, like having a degree in exercise science, right? That's great. And that's not necessarily qualified to me, right? right? Just because they have a degree doesn't mean they know their way around dealing with people really well. So that's, that's the first one is, is not looking for those trainers that got every certification known to man. I think that you have to, as the owner, have to take that responsibility and say, it's my job to make them great. I think I'm going to use one of your marketing tips for this one as well, is that you have one of your target market where if you say, I want a trainer who has a degree in exercise science, who has a CSCS, who's RKC, whatever, you start naming all these certs, you're narrowing your pool of applicants down, especially if you have a gym. I mean, we're in Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. We're close to New York. And we have trouble finding people like this. Like we, we have a big population, but the more specific you get, but if you just say, I want someone who's in good shape with a good personality and I can teach them the rest, your, your market to find those people is, yeah. a little, is a little bit bigger. So I think what happens is you start narrowing it down and you're saying, these are all the things I have to have. There's, maybe there's no one that lives within 100 miles of you that fills that. Right. So you got to be careful with putting, uh, putting limitations on the quality. Which kind of brings us to our second point. Which is what? Um, the big, the second mistake people have when hiring is they have no pipeline. All right. What do you mean by pipeline? So I had a guy send me a message yes the other day on Facebook and he was really down. He basically said, Hey man, um, I'm back into the trenches, back into the trenches working 50 hours a week. I was like, what happened? He's like, two trainers quit on the same day. It's tough. Two trainers quit on the same day. And now he's back running every session. So it's like it's almost like he had it made. He was he had, he had two he had three trainers working for him. He was running the business. Everything was good. He had a lot of time. And then all of a sudden they quit, and he's back into where he was when he started. And this is pretty common. You, you talk to guys. This happens. Oh yeah, oh yeah, very common, very common. And it 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 definitely you know there's sometimes it's not preventable. Right. There's sometimes where just that's just luck. Right. There are certain situations where maybe it was bad leadership. Right. That is possible. But the reality is, are you prepared for that to happen without you having to jump back in to do everything, which will, you know, there's obviously a time and a place for that, but will kind of put your life on hold if you have to run back into the gym and train every session again. And so what you need to do to reduce that risk, again, there's like nothing's preventable, but to reduce that risk is having a pipeline. And a pipeline is different ways that you can get new trainers and not waiting till you need one 
to work that circulation through. What about desperation? Do you see a lot of people make bad hires? I think that so, desperation. So I, I talk about that that one is the worst number in marketing, right? Yeah. One is also the worst number in hiring. Why do you mean by that? Because when you have one person and one option and one choice, all right, who are you gonna pick? You're gonna pick one. You're gonna pick that Especially one. Especially if you're working sixty hours a so week. So I will I will not make a hire. I will, and even if I am so sure, so we just hired a new uh, marketing girl for JFK, and we, I was like 99% sure that she was the one, 99%. But I would not pull the trigger on hiring her until I interviewed three or four more people because. that I felt were comparable because I didn't want to feel like that was my only option. And this tr is true in negotiation um, this is true in hiring. You do not want to hire with only one option. You always have another opinion. So it's a medical thing, right? You always want to have a couple of Yeah, second opinion, right. same, same kind of thing. So um, the, the best way to have multiple options is to have the things working. One of those things is a potential internship program. So that's internship could be your pipeline. Internship, yeah, it definitely could be the pipeline, right? That could be what if you all of a sudden had two to three people a semester that you know, are coming into your gym that are, you know, uh, experiencing what you do. And there is a three month free, you know, job interview for you. We, have, we know a few guys that only hire, only hire interns. Yeah. That have only hired interns that have had great success with that. Yeah. And have never had to go out and search. And that, that's a whole nother podcast to talk about how to create that internship program and how to keep that thing running. It's not an easy thing to do, but it's an important thing to do. And I, I says there's a lot of guys in my mastermind, specifically my CEO mastermind now, that um, they want to grow to multiple locations. And I always tell them, I was like, the number one thing that you will run into is your uh, ability to uh, find good people to staff your gym with, right? It's not going to be a marketing issue. It's not going to be a sales issue. It's going to be a people issue. Right, it's going to be a people issue. Is where are you going to find? Because that's what kind of business we're in. We're not in an online business. This is a brick and mortar, belly belly to business that's built on relationships. And you know, I had never seen a successful gym um, that had shitty people. That's right. I've never seen a successful gym have have, have shitty people. So, so what's another? What's another? So internship is so one. internship is one. Um, you could also do what's called an apprenticeship. What's which is more so an apprenticeship is more of like an internship I would look at with like you're, you're going through colleges, right? And there's your local colleges are sending you people. There's a coursework that the college has. There's paperwork. It's very, it's a very official thing, right? They do not get paid or anything like that. It's a very official. Whereas an apprenticeship maybe could be more of like, it's like an internship without the paperwork, right? It's pretty similar. Um, some situations you could pay them pending that if they you feel that they are qualified and you want to. Um, so I have seen th things like that. We've done that before as yep. well, like a paid apprenticeship. But hey, I one of my buddies, Frank Nash, is all of his trainers are former clients. So your clients could be a pipeline. Totally. Yeah. And, and the way the pipeline could go is you're, you could put out, you know, an apprenticeship to your clients. And you know you have three clients that decide to take the apprenticeship, and they get done, and maybe one rises to the top, and then you have that. But it's like, what if you had that apprenticeship 
all the time, twice a year. You did it in two cohorts or modules or whatever, and you had a you know you had a one that went from September to December, and then you had another one that went from January to June, and you had you had a goal of getting three people in it each time. Well, that is going to protect you against two trainers leaving because then you can funnel those people, you know, into your gym. Right. So it, for those of you that are listening to this that want to open up multiple locations, that is essential to have. Seth Godin, Seth Godin, uh, when I was at his office, basically said, if you really want to have a good pipeline of people, just create another business that um, essentially uh, trains people on how to become a better trainer and make them pay you for it. Smart. <laughs> it's like, how, is, how brilliant is that? It's like, all right, if you want to, if you want to always have a pipeline, just, just start your own certification. Yeah. Right? Start your own certification. And uh, I, I doubt that Mike Boyle, with his yeah, uh, certified functional strength coach cert, is, is ever going to be uh, at, uh, in a situation where, oh, we need to find a trainer. Plug like, best, never going to be. Best out yeah, there, yeah, there you go. Like, all right, we have, like, you know, certified trainers all around the country. Uh, let's just grab one of them. So it, 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 it's having a pipeline is the second mistake or not having a pipeline is the second mistake people make for those specific reasons because, you know, there are people are going to leave too, right? There's not, not people, you know, they're going to stay forever, right? People will move on in this industry. They'll go and they'll go off and they'll go and they'll become an equipment rapper. They'll go become, you know, an insurance salesman, like whatever. There, there's people just move on. And you have to be ready for that. Not everyone's going to stay forever. And, and, and a lot of times, too, if you try to keep everyone forever by throwing more and more and more and more money at them, well, you, you can do that. But the reality is, at the end of the day, as the business owner, there's only so much margin in this stuff. And that's going to take away from the money that you're making. Right? And I'm not saying you need to be the greedy person. But it, it, I think that most people know that, hey, we're not retiring with, with mansions and Lamborghinis from a, from a brick and mortar gym unless you're opening up, you know, you know, a ton of them, right? But yep. if your goal is to have one really, really awesome gym, you're going to, you're going to expect to have, you know, some turnover, you know, uh, over the years and you need that pipeline to keep you secure. So that's the second mistake. And number three, number three is not onboarding them properly. So when you make the hire, when you make the hire, what is the process that happens? And I feel like this is a, 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 a scenario where you can completely separate yourself from any other job that that person you just hired has ever had. Because most businesses, what do they do in the hiring? All right, yeah, go out and get them, right? Versus if you have this system put in place where, hey, this week, we are going to work on this and these are our core values and this is what we're about and this is our vision and this is where we're going and this week we're going to focus on this and next week we're going to focus on this and you're going to have dedicated time with me. You know, when I hired you the first time, you know, we spent hours and hours a day together, yeah. you know, to, for, for me to teach you what, you know, I knew, right? So that's, the, and, and, and people will decide, there is a stat, I'm going to butcher the stat, and I don't know the stats, like, exactly, so I'm not, I'm going to kind of, you know, just tread carefully with, with it, but there's a Harvard study that was done that said people make this, uh, the decision on if they want to continue to work at this place within the first 90 days that they're there, right? So it's, and again, it could be 30 days, 90, I'm not sure what it was. It's in the beginning, people are looking at, hey, how does that process go in the beginning, 
And they're looking at this, you're essentially, a lot of times, here's, here's an important point. A lot of times gyms think that, you know, that trainer, it's a privilege for them to work there, right? And that, that, that the trainer needs to sell themselves and they go through the, the interview process and impress the person for the job. But the, at the end of the day, like it's your job to impress the trainer too, to make them want to continue to work there and continue to stay. So it's not just their job to impress you, the employer. It's your job to reinforce that this is a great place to work. This is a, a place that's doing work that matters. And this is a place that you, you're you going to want to be for a long time and be completely dedicated to where we're going and what we're doing. Let me, let me play devil's advocate because a lot of people are thinking this as they're listening to this. You're going to train someone and teach them all these skills. You're going to teach them how to relate to people, how to build relationships. You're going to find a really personable person. Then you're going to teach them all the training stuff. So basically, you're equipping this person with everything they need. And then go start your own business right down the road. And we hear it all the time. It's like, why am I going to spend all this time with someone who you just said, this is a business with a lot of turnover. Right. So that I'm going to spend two years getting this person on board. And then two years later, you're going to dip out, take all my clients, and open up the gym down the road. So there's a great quote, Tom, by John Maxwell. Okay. leadership guru and he says you can uh, take the uh, I'm paraphrasing here he says you can take the risk and you can train people to become really really great and they may leave with a free education right or they stay and remain dumb yeah so if you don't do it, you're going to hurt your business. Exactly. Right. Like, so what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to just, that's like called like playing from your heels, right? So all of a sudden, because you're afraid that they may leave, you're not going to make them great. That is something we hear all the time though. We hear people say it. It's like, I don't want to spend too much time. And, and, I don't and, know and, if he's and, into and it. It's I don't not know a, and it's not a winning mindset. Not at all. It's not a winning mindset. If you want to win in this game, you need good people. And if you want good people, you got to train them. So... You, you can kind of play this game from your heels all day long, but the reality is it, it, it's your job to put a quality product out on the floor. And if, if you don't want to be out on that floor forever, you best be getting in there and working with your team and trying to make them better. All right. So let me ask you, what, what, give me an example of an onboarding, a good onboarding process and a bad onboarding process. Because you're telling me that, don't have or not having a good onboarding process, but you haven't really broken down what that means. So, like, so, so if I, I'm hired at Get Real Fitness, what does that look like, or what should it look like, versus what have you seen that's not a good way to do it? Yeah, um, so I, I don't know if I've seen, I don't know if there's like a bad process, right? I think that that if you have a process, um, that you're, you're already ahead of the game. Do you see people that don't have oh, all the, I mean, think about it, think about it. There, there's, there's and there, there's people that get hired at these companies, and I hear this all the time because we have a lot of clients at GFP that they get different jobs, and they go in and they're like, "All right, this is not what was advertised to me." They're just kind of like saying, "Go, go get them, go get them, go do your stuff." And there's no training, and there's no education, and there's no guidance. It's just like, "All right, so not just not just in the fitness industry. No, it's, it's not just fitness; it's everywhere. Um, so I think that if you have something, and it's as simple as 
is giving them their attention for a giving them your attention for a specified period of time. I like a 12 week cycle, right? Like, cause like three months is usually we have a probationary period for three months and we say, all right, we're going to work with you for three months. We're going to give this three months. And then if it's does not a fit, we're going to part as friends. So I have that probationary period with all of the people that we hire. So outlining a 12 week training process for them. So in addition to, um, you know, obviously, too, is the decision of, you know, how quickly you're going to put, throw them into the fire, right? You know, and usually the higher qualified they are in terms of if they do have some experience. So we've hired trainers that have had zero experience. And then we've hired trainers that have had like two years experience. And the people with two years experience, they, they don't, they're not, they don't have enough experience to become tainted. But they have enough that we can kind of throw them into the game. Um, much faster. Right. So like a lot of it is making that call, but really like scripting out, um, you know, what it looks like, you know, is every week, is there an emphasis on, Hey, you know, this week we're going to focus on teaching them the functional movement screen. You know, the next week we're going to make sure that they understand, you know, our, our internal language in terms of how we cue and what are the things that we say when we coach a squat, like what are the cues that we give them to make sure that that's consistent and that we're going to teach them that. Um, is like, like, videos like, like a syllabus, books. like a exactly. syllabus, like yeah, you have to follow a, up. yeah, exactly. And it doesn't need to be like anything crazy, right? It could be just like you know, even if you don't have everything like super, super documented, if it's just like, hey, this week, you know, and you have a, a one sheet that says week one, this week two, this, you know, that's better than nothing, you know. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just spend some good individual attention with them. Um, and that's what, obviously I don't do that anymore, but that's what you guys do. Like when you guys hire a new trainer, there's a specified period of training individual that they get. Um, because if we didn't do that, then all of a sudden we'd have a weak link on the chain. Right. Right. And we want to make sure that our clients are getting the best, the absolute best um, experience ever. And if we don't train our people properly in that first 12 week period, then, you know, we're not. So, 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 so really it's like, is it is it some some sort of is there is there some kind of a document behind what you're going to do, and then do you do a good job of working with that person um, to get the job done? And some of it could be like giving them videos to watch. Like maybe you can automate this a little bit more by creating you know twelve week video modules, right? And have them watch a video and then come in and work with you for a half hour, and then have them watch another video, and then is there you know, like I was saying before, like have them read specific books. Like we have everyone that comes in, read how to win friends and influence people. Right. And so, you know, there, there's, you should be following some kind of an onboard system um, because not that does two things. It gets them, you know, um, to become better faster, but it also sends the message to them that this is different than any other place you've worked that this is going to be a great career for you, that we're going to care for you, that we're going to make sure we give you the tools that you need to be successful. And, you know, the, the newest girl, Frankie, that we just hired, like, she gets, like, more and more impressed every day. You know what I'm saying? I think, like, in the beginning, she came in, she didn't really know much about us, and she was almost a little, you could tell, she was, like, a little skeptical of us. And, like, now, all of a sudden, she's, like, going through this process. She's like, oh, my God, like, this is amazing. And, like, this is much different than the last place I worked where she probably was just like, yeah, go get them. Right. All right. Three tips. Let's review them. Number one, don't look for qualified people. It sounds counterintuitive, but it's, it, it makes a lot of sense. Right. Number two is not having a pipeline. So making sure that you don't have to make right. des desperate hires. So the mistakes are looking, looking for, for other qualified people. 
people. Sorry. The, the, the second mistake is not having a pipeline. Okay, the third mistake? The third mistake is not onboarding them properly. All right. Anything else? Anything you want to close with, Vince Gabriel? Uh, what's, com- what's coming up? What's coming up in the world of, uh, of fitness business university? Oh, big big news! Big news! Uh, we signed. Up. I tell you, the mastermind is is blowing up. We had like four new members, you know, in the last couple weeks yeah. uh, come in. Um, but the stories coming out of SPF in the notoriously a time where the fitness industry is really slow. Guys telling me that they're slamming it in August. And just like killing their scoreboard numbers and all the lot. Well, Brian Sippets, um, who we posted the podcast last week, but he he said he hit every scoreboard number in the last three weeks in August and into September, which is like that never happens. I heard of, yeah. Right? It was awesome that that he was able to do that. So a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, but the next time to catch up with us in person is October nineteenth. We got our one day cash and clarity workshop. And uh, what, is that, what, is that, what is a one day clash and clarity workshop? So, so the workshops are a little different in that. Um, so seminars is where you learn, right? We, there's PowerPoints and there's learning and then workshops is where you actually do stuff and you implement. And so I'm kind of creating more of a workshop format that is gonna really do two things. The first thing is it's gonna get people clear on where they want their business to go where they want their business to go in five years, where they want their business to be in a year, and what are the things that they need to do today to start moving towards that vision. Not a lot of people have that narrowed down. So that's the first thing. And that when you have that, that's gonna give you some crystal clear clarity. Uh, And when you have clarity, your trust is gonna go down. Um, And the second thing is, if you're gonna fulfill that, you're gonna need clients. And most of us are pretty good at retention. Not all of us are great at marketing. So we're gonna work on building a 12 month marketing calendar uh, and you're gonna leave with the calendar filled out. It's gonna be awesome. So I'm gonna walk out of the calendar for my own personal business. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be great. We're gonna have, yeah. what, like, you expect like 200 people in the room? Uh, new, new, new way. This is a small, intimate environment. It's gonna be at my gym in Berkeley Heights and uh, we're, we're taking 12 businesses. 12 businesses. Well, 12 people 12, in the room. Yeah, real so small, you're your personal, small attention. workshop, personal attention for me. Are you gonna be there? Uh, I told I wasn't invited yet. I'll wait. I'll check my mail. I think I think it's in, I think my invitation might got lost in the mail. Sure. Well, maybe you'll be actually looking for the Chippewas to play. Maybe the Chippewas have a twelve o'clock game that day, so you won't be able to come. But, it's possible. It's if possible. you're around, if you're around, you should I'll, be there. I'll, I'll stop by. The big maybe. the big man will be there. Maybe I'll stop by. All right. Check it out. Clash and cash. I said clash. Cash and clarity. Clash. Clash. Cash. Cash. cash and clarity workshop. Uh, link is in the show notes. And the again, the only way to get. Uh, into that is to talk to me first. Wait a minute. So you got a phone call with hey, you too? Tom, there's a lot of crazy people out there. Yeah, I clear. that's a serial killer. Hey, there's only 12 seats in this seminar. Yeah. I don't want to let any crazy gym owners in. in that's this that's a hiring tip as well, is to make sure you get the person on the phone before they walk in your gym. Oh, yeah. That's, and that's the serial killer phone. And call. I will tell you this. There are, there are people that we've they talked to on the phone, yeah. and they... Uh, they were awesome on the phone, and they are just dog crap in person. Right. It was. It's. It's crazy how sometimes that works. Some people can be so good on the phone, and then when you meet them in person, they're just like blah. And it's not the way they look. It's more of just like there's that just energy. There's yeah. that energy that that is put put out. That's just not the right energy. Do you think anybody's still listening right now? There might be some people. If you're still listening, thank you. Thanks for All listening. We are super fans. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Anything else, Vince? Nope. 
Have a great day, guys. Peace. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Do me a favor and click subscribe. And if you can, leave a review. Whatever you think about us, let us know. We want to make this show better. But by, by subscribing to the podcast, you get updated every time a new show comes out. And by leaving a review, you help us make this show better. Thanks a lot. Have a great day.